Ryan Poles says the Chicago Bears are still looking at veteran pass rushers and that something could happen sooner rather than later. He left the door open for both free agency and potential trade options. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. On the show today, we look at potential pass rushers for your Chicago Bears. With the general manager hinting that a move could be coming. We'll look at some of the different options in free agency, go a little bit more in-depth on a few names there to keep an eye on. We'll talk about some of the trade options, perhaps some that are popular that I don't think are as likely, and maybe a couple of dark horse names in there. But we'll wrap up talking more broadly about the potential for a trade and some of the, I think there's a catch-22 involved with giving up draft picks to get a pass rusher to add to this Bears team. That's a very significant need, but... Is it exactly where you want to prioritize your investment? I think it depends on who the player is and and what the situation becomes. But the quote from Ryan Poles, he was on 670, the score, and said uh, when, when asked about the pass rushers and potentially looking for some, he said, quote, there are some options, potentially trade options. There's also some guys on the street that could still potentially come in and help us. Maybe something will happen sooner rather than later. To me, though, that quote from Ryan Poles is the strongest indication we've gotten up to this point that a veteran pass rush move is in the works, right? I don't know that it's a guarantee. You know, maybe something will happen sooner rather than later is not a, yes, we are going to sign someone or trade for someone, but it does indicate that like, yes, we recognize that pass rusher is a hole on this team and that we would like to address it. And perhaps there are options we could address it with. I think that then becomes dependent on what kind of contract the free agents might be looking for, what kind of trade compensation other teams might be looking for. And just because the Bears might be interested doesn't mean that the other side of the negotiation will be as interested. We've touched a little bit on free agent pass rushers, certainly leading up to free agency, but now that, that the group has cleared up a little bit more, there's still kind of a, a core group of veterans here, uh, emphasis on the veteran because it's an older free agent crop. And that's what makes you wonder, like, is Ryan Poles going to want to go out and sign a 30-plus-year-old pass rusher to add to this defensive line when you've already signed Demarcus Walker and uh, Rasheem Green, who are both younger pass rushers, but both going to play likely that defensive end position you know, how much does he want to go spend on yet another free agent defensive end? And is somebody like, for example, Frank Clark, is he too old? You know, coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs where Ryan Poles was, obviously a very checkered background of legal issues and I think suspension in there then and some real questions about, you know, the 
I don't want to say the culture fit exactly because Ryan Poles would know Frank Clark thoroughly, and he also hasn't had a ton of production the last couple of seasons in terms of the sack numbers, but he was a pro bowler three years in a row and is just about 30 years old. In June, he will turn 30. He could be, you know, that that number one type pass rusher in this rotation, but is he going to come in and be a 10-sack guy? I, I don't know. You know, he hasn't been that guy in, in three or four seasons, but still a high-end producer at the defensive end position in this defense. You know, there's also a veteran like Jadavion Clowney, but I think we've talked before about how, you know, Clowney seems to be in this more like mercenary type role. You know, he's been signing kind of one-year deals, trying to get fairly bigger one-year deals, but able to bounce around a little bit. You know, he was with... When he first left Houston, right, he went to Seattle for a year, and then he went to Tennessee for a year, and then he's with, with the Browns. And, like, we've still seen him play at a high level. But, again, like a 30-year-old here, is he in more of a, a ring-chasing type mode? Does he want to come to a team like the Bears that will be competitive this season but maybe not Super Bowl contender just yet at this stage of the deal? And will Ryan Poles want, you know, a one-year 30-plus-old mercenary type defensive end for this team? You know, like, I, I can't help but wonder, given that Robert Quinn – is still a free agent if it would be a convenient reunion. I mean, I don't know if there's hard feelings for when the Bears traded him to the Philadelphia Eagles, and it would be weird a little bit to re-sign the guy you just traded away at the last trade deadline. But he would know the system, right? It would be an easy plug-and-play right back into the defense. It wouldn't have to learn much as far as a brand-new space. And, you know, a one-year deal type situation to come back and be another veteran for these young guys that he already kind of knows. I could I could see there being some potential value there, for both sides. But I mean, on the younger side, if he wants to try and stick a little bit younger, there's really two free agents that are closer to the type of age range where the Bears might be interested in even a potential multi-year deal for somebody at this stage of the process, which which might be uncommon. It's probably going to be a one-year deal regardless. But everyone talks about Yannick Ngakwe from the Indianapolis Colts because he's one of these, you know, 10-sack guys. You know, he, you look back at his last couple of seasons, it was nine and a half this past season for the Colts. The year before that with the Raiders, it was 10, and then he'd hit 8 and 8 and 9.5 the previous couple of years. Like, he's been consistently producing, getting after the quarterback. He's been consistently poor in run defense, and I wonder if that will play a factor here for the Bears. I mean, pass rushing is certainly more valuable, but the Bears value their defensive ends being an important part of the running game, and he has struggled in, with that historically. So, you know, how much do they want to prioritize and spend on maybe a more of a pass rushing specialist and knowing that there's some potential downsides in that aspect of his game and the other young player that's a free agent that doesn't carry as much production but you know could be the type of younger option to fit more the the age range that Ryan Poles has been preferring is Dwayne Smoot from the Jacksonville Jaguars of course a Illinois product in college but he's never been you know, a 10 sack guy. He's last four seasons, six sacks, five and a half, six sacks, five. You know, he's a five to six sack guy, but rotating off the bench in those kind of situations. In Chicago, it would still be a rotation, but perhaps a more premium featured role for him if given where the rest of this rotation lies. But I could see him being kind of a sneaky, like young player who you still feel like is entering his prime that maybe you can get more out of, or at least the same out of and have a little bit of a longer length, a little longer progression forward with that for him as a potential free agent option. It's not a sexy group of free agents. It's not a group that necessarily gets you excited. There's a reason why these guys are still available here in the middle of May, but it's worth noting or worth remembering too, that last year, Ryan Poles signed a couple of offensive linemen, filled some really key needs with, with older veterans in Michael Schofield and Riley Reef after the draft this time of year. And you can see the, the defensive line is being in need of that kind of infusion of talent here as well. I think 
those offensive lineman signings were a little bit later off after the draft than this is right now. So, but he does say sooner rather than later, and he leaves the door open for potential trade options from other teams. We just saw one pass rusher get traded over the weekend, but we'll look at some of the other options that the Chicago Bears could be interested in and maybe the options that they shouldn't be interested in, even some of the big names that are out there. Next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Whether you want to bet the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, or Looking ahead to this upcoming football season, FanDuel is the number one place we recommend. They've already got odds for Packers at Bears week one with the schedule out. Bears are 1.5 points home favorites to start that game. The money line is Bears minus 126, and the over-under is 44 and a half. But whatever you want to bet on, make it sure it's with FanDuel, because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So you're protected. Either your bet's right and you win and you get the money, or your bet isn't right and they get you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. There's no better place for any of your sports betting action than America's number one sports book. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL and NBA. So many Chicago Bears fans want to see Chase Young, right? When, when Chase Young is the... Is, Rumored to be available on the trade market. He's the biggest name. He's such a high draft pick. Ohio State product. Like, that's the exciting, like, oh, will the Bears trade for Chase Young? I feel like I, I, I've heard that a lot this offseason. And I, I've been particularly um, coy about revealing everything I know about the Chase Young situation or everything I've been told about the Chase Young situation because I, I don't. I, some of it I was told in, in where you can't put it out there because you don't want it to come out who put it out there, you know, via chain of information from that. But there's some stuff going on around Chase Young off the field, right? When you talk about why the Washington commanders might be interested in trading him, like, of course, it's obvious that they've got a lot of talent on the defensive line and they've spent a lot of money on the defensive line that between the new contracts for Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, there's a lot of money tied up there. And then they also have Montez Sweat, their first round pick from 2019, also set to become a free agent. And there's a feeling like they can't afford to give contracts to all four. And so either Young or Sweat might be the potential trade option there. Young was hurt this past season, hasn't been as productive that maybe that could be why he wants to be traded. There's also more to it than that, right? It's not purely just trade Chase Young because they just can't afford to give him a contract, but there's also some, some feelings there about how the organization feels about him and some of the things happening behind the scenes to where they, they might feel a little bit more ready to, to move on from him beyond just not wanting to pay him, but other reasons too. That would suggest then that the Bears should not be the team to trade for him unless it's an absolute steal of a deal, a low risk. But, you know, I've seen projected trades of like two second round picks or a second round pick and a conditional second round pick or, you know, conditional draft picks. Like, I, I, I'm not giving up premium picks for Chase Young at this stage of the game. I will let someone else, another team can take that risk if they would like to. But that's too much risk for me on a young developing Bears team. Like, between the two commanders defensive ends, I would absolutely be a lot more interested in going after a guy like Montez Sweat, who maybe doesn't have quite the same cachet as a top five draft pick or whatever. And he's another year older and he hasn't been again, like we always say 10 sacks is that sort of threshold, a 10 sack guy. 
Sweat's been a nine sack guy, an eight sack guy, a seven sack guy, and a five sack guy across the seasons. He would be certainly the most productive pass rusher the Bears have right now if the Bears were able to get him. But if you trade for Montez Sweat, he's going to be a free agent and uh, you're going to have to give him a new contract in addition to trading for him, kind of like the Chase Claypool situation last year where you get him for maybe a year and then kind of see and maybe have to pay him if he ends up playing particularly well. I would be on board for Montez Sweat. He's the kind of young ascending player who's productive enough that it, and relatively healthy throughout his short career so far. Like that, that's the kind of young player that's worth trading for within reason, right? With as long as you're not, you know, you're not giving up a, you know, big first round picks necessarily to go trade for Montez Sweat right now because because the contract's in there. But, you know, there's there's some room for negotiation on what you're willing to give up there. To me, it's less important on like trying to argue the nitpick of like, okay, well, what would we give up for Sweat? I, I don't know, man. It's hard to jade. It's hard to judge these markets when so often you're trading for contracts more than you're trading for the player. And it's hard when he's going to be do a contract extension. But if Chase Claypool got the Bears second round pick, you think you'd, you'd give, be giving up more than that for Sweat, but are you giving up either your the Panthers first rounder this year? That seems like a lot to give up for a position like to where those those first round picks can be so valuable to get other things in this year's draft that you don't want to give them up. So I don't know that I don't know where the negotiations end up falling. There is it two seconds? Is it a second this year and a third next year? I, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I, I'd be interested in Sweat as an option. I don't think Washington is that eager to trade Montez Sweat, and so that's why I don't feel like. It's likely to happen for the Chicago Bears. I think they would be more eager to trade Chase Young, but as a result, like teams should be less eager to then receive Chase Young. We just saw over the weekend that the Minnesota Vikings traded Zadarius Smith to the Cleveland Browns, if I'm remembering correctly, as this ultimately played out. Or no, he just, the, yeah, from the, from the Vikings to the Cleveland Browns, as he had a big contract, they had restructured a little bit, do a lot of money, but a premium pass rusher moving there. Yet kind of have to have the feeling that Perhaps the Vikings didn't want to trade Zadarius Smith to an inner division team, another NFC North team, even if the Bears were interested, which I'm not sure Zadarius Smith, as far as where he is in his career, would want. Is that really what the Bears are looking for at the edge rusher right now? He might be a little bit on the older and expensive side for them. And I'd throw another NFC North pass rusher in there, his former teammate, Preston Smith of the Green Bay Packers. Another kind of higher priced contract, someone who has been very productive, but has dropped off a little bit here and there. And of course the Packers have Rashawn Gary and they just drafted then Lucas Van Ness. So they got two first round young edge rushers. Preston's kind of the old guy on the way out, but I don't think Green Bay would necessarily want to trade him within the division to the Chicago Bears. So I, I don't feel like that's all that realistic of an option. The the two names I look at are from one team that I don't feel like we've talked about this offseason up to this point, but the Buffalo Bills find themselves with quite a deep pass rusher rotation and kind of like the Washington Commanders, getting to this point where you, you're not going to be able to afford to pay everybody. So are you willing to move one just to, because you can get pretty good return on investment for somebody that you might just let walk in free agency soon anyway? Two names. AJ Epineza. I can never actually don't know how his last name is pronounced. Epineza. Their second round pick from 2020, who really kind of came on this past season and had a strong year as he gets closer and closer to his upcoming free agency. He peaked up at... Uh, what was it, six and a half sacks this season as the rotational number three edge rusher after just having a sack or two his first couple of seasons. Really seemed to grow into that role as a more more of a well-rounded pass rusher for them. And then they also have Boogie Basham, their second-round pick from a couple years ago, who's never been super productive. But again, like you want to trade for a young pass rusher to grow and develop, right? We're not talking about a guy be coming in here and being that instant 10-sack guy. It's hard. Like Teams don't want to trade 
really good, currently productive pass rushers. They would rather keep them and use them themselves. That's that's part of the, the caveat here for all this is that the free agents, if they were really solid, dominant pass rushers who are going to come in and be great, they wouldn't. They likely wouldn't still be free agents. And if they're, and if they're available on the trade block, then they're likely not going to be great players because otherwise, why would the teams want to trade their super great players, right? You're, you're, you're trying to take a player from another team and hope that they're better for you or in a better situation on your team and get some good value as a result. And so I feel like when you look at the Bills defensive end position and you got, again, like Greg Rousseau, uh, Von Miller, Shaq Lawson is due for a new contract coming up here. And then AJ Epineza is then fourth on the depth chart and Boogie Basham is fifth on that depth chart. And they've got some talent on the interior with Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones and they signed Puna Ford and they've got Tim Settle. Like it's a very deep defensive line in general and they can't afford to play, play or pay all of those guys. So if they could get a, a premium draft pick in exchange, I could see them being willing to to lose a pass rusher because they just have so much of it while still being able to retool with a potential draft pick. It's just a matter of, again, if you're the Bears, what you're willing to give up because that's the hard part when it comes to where this Bears team is now in terms of the team building process and like filling needs and like needs for now versus long-term needs being filled and draft picks. And I want to go through some of the catch 22 that exists here when it comes to the Bears trying to trade for potential players and, and namely specifically defensive end pass rushers. But I think the conversation is a little bit universal here as well. Next on Locked on Bears. It feels like the best way to acquire a young, talented player is via trade, right? There aren't young, talented players left in free agency. There's, there's younger guys. Again, Ngakwe is, I think, 27, 28, and Dwayne Smoot is right around that same age. Like, they're younger, but not, like, recent second-round picks. You know, like, Epineza is, I think, 25 or 26, and Boogie Basham is, like, 25. Like, these are still players that have three or four years of their prime still left in front of them that you could feel like the player that you would acquire via trade could keep getting better, right? They're on there an ascending player as opposed to the free agents, you know, the names we kind of went through, perhaps they're closer to what their peak is now. And then from there, once you've sort of peaked, you can hover up there for a little bit, but eventually there's a decline and a, and a, a reduction in ability over time. And so, Certainly the trade options seem like the ways to be able to get better, more exciting players, players that you just feel good about, players that can be really important pieces for this team. But in order to get them, you have to give up assets, future assets. And particularly, you know, when it comes to draft picks, that's such a premium for a young rebuilding team, right? That certainly that Panthers first round pick that they got in the, in the trade down should be a high first round pick. And depending on where the Chicago Bears finish this year, that pick could be anywhere from, you know, the teens to closer to 10. I mean, we don't know exactly how many wins that's going to look like. Certainly, we talked on on the podcast last week on Friday with Larry D from uh, Bears Talk Underground about sort of the range of wins and losses for the Bears this season being in the, you know, 5 to 10-ish range and so if you're closer to five maybe you're picking closer to the top 10 if you're closer to the 10 win range then maybe you're picking closer to 20 but like those first round picks can be really valuable to give up for guys that you know weren't necessarily first round picks themselves in some of these players you might be trading for and then you know you worry after the chase claypool thing right no one is ruling out chase claypool getting better this season and playing well but the bears have not 
been praised for that trade because the that second round pick became a 32nd overall pick and Claypool did not play up to the caliber that that draft pick trade would suggest. And so is there a fear then to give up another premium pick for a young player that doesn't end up having the type of impact, at least initially, that you may have envisioned, especially when it's guys like Montez Sweat or Chase, or Chase Young that will then be soon become free agents like Chase Claypool and you're stuck with, do I pay him? Do I not? But if I don't pay him, then I kind of wasted that draft pick for just like a year or two of this player. So it's it's tough because like defensive end is clearly the biggest need on the Chicago Bears roster. The pass rush right now is lacking in talent. It's 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 a weakness for sure on this defense and elsewhere on this roster. But how big is your motivation to trade a draft pick that's a long-term future asset, right? Not only is it a, a future asset in that it's next year's draft, but that draft pick is supposed to be a long-term piece of this team, especially if it's a high draft pick. For to, to fill a need now, right? To help you win more now. How high is the priority to win now? It's certainly higher than it was last season, but we're not sitting here today saying, man, the Bears have a really good shot at the Super Bowl. Like this is the year to try and put it all together to win the Super Bowl. No, it's this is the year to improve from last year, show progress, maybe push for a playoff spot, but no one is expecting the Bears to go on a playoff run this year. So like there's not this pressure to win 12 games. There's this pressure to do better and to show progress, but like the pressure doesn't really start, it feels like until 2024, right? The year after, but this year is about growth, improvement, and development. So then, you know, how desperately do you need to improve the pass rush position? You should improve the pass rush position, but are you desperate enough to do so to give up a premium future draft pick in order to do so, right? It wouldn't be a big deal if you're giving up a fifth round pick for a pass rusher. Okay, no worries, not a big deal. But when we start talking about Montez Sweat, when we start talking about younger players with some upside, maybe like an AJ Epenza, I can never say his name, and they start becoming like, third, second, first round pick conversations, that's all of a sudden you got to be really sure that the guy that you're trading for is going to be a long-term fit for your team and better than what you could get with that draft pick in that draft and worth filling that need that way now. And that's why the trade thing becomes tough because it's like, okay, but again, the preferable way to fill the defensive end need would be to get one of these good young players from another team as opposed to signing a free agent on a one-year deal as a veteran who's just going to sort of be here try and cash in on a free agent deal next year by doing it the best he can individually. Like to me, that's better than ignoring the defensive end position, but it doesn't feel as, you know, long-term sustainable as like getting a young player in here that can be a part of this team for the future. But then you got to give up draft picks to do so. And those draft picks might be really valuable. And these players might not be as sure of a thing. Like sweat's kind of the one where I feel like, okay, we've got enough of a track record of sweat where we like, we know he's going to be solid. We know like what he is and what he isn't. And like, he's worth it at that point. But how much do you give up then for that? Because the first is it's probably too much, but he was a former first round pick himself. So like Washington's not just going to let him go for a, a light draft pick, even though that that's what's so tough. That's why I feel, it feels like a catch 22 when it comes to addressing the pass rusher position. Because trade, if you want to get a player that really makes it worth it, you're giving up a draft pick that's just too much. But free agents, you know, it's not a good free agent group necessarily. And it's veteran players or players with question marks, like older guys. And it's like, I, I, I like the idea of having an older guy in there to mentor some of the younger guys, but some of these older guys like Ngakwe could cost 10 plus million dollars to play this year. And it's like, you've already spent two free agent contracts at the defensive end position. You go for another one, like, okay, 
there's some room for it, but it's not building the long-term future of this team. It's taking snaps away from some of the younger players on your roster, like Dominic Robinson and Travis Gibson. So it's like, you got to do something. Trades aren't really ideal. Free agents aren't really ideal. So what, what do you do? I'd love to hear what you think the Bears should do at defensive end. Let us know in the comments here on this Lockdown Bears YouTube video and in our Lockdown Bears YouTube channel. You can tweet us at Lockdown Bears or you can keep the conversation going on the Lockdown Bears Facebook group. However you do it, just make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to the podcast because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thank you for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. Become an everydayer, tuning in five days a week to get your Chicago Bears fix. We love our everydayers. I saw a couple people in the comments on YouTube saying, hey, I'm an everydayer, I'm an everydayer. We love you. You guys are the diehards because you know that you can tune in every single day to get another opportunity to bear down. <laughs>